0: Finally Enough is dedicated to cultivating a new way of living, going from busyness, achievement, stress, resentment, and perfectionism to stillness, flow, purpose, and peace. Here, soak up the beautiful truth that you don't have to strive to become enough. Instead, practice recognizing that you already are. and welcome back to finally enough i am so glad you're here if this is your first time i am anna wickham and i help people heal from emptiness busy addiction overwhelm codependency and other dysfunctional and addictive patterns through trauma healing and spirituality and today we're going to be talking about codependency what is codependency and how Codependency is so commonly misunderstood, and I am so excited you're here because I'm very passionate about spreading the true definition and understanding of codependency. And the reason why this is important is not so that more people realize their code. Yes, so that more people realize they are codependent. But the benefit of that is because when you have that term. And you understand that that term applies to you, even if you don't fit into these quote unquote stereotypes of codependency, then you can finally start to get help. You can learn to heal. But what I see happen and what happened to me and what I see happen so often is that people don't understand that the issues they are dealing with are as a result of codependency they are symptoms of codependency and it doesn't even many therapists don't recognize codependency when they see it especially outside of the context of a romantic relationship that is the primary context that people are familiar with if you're familiar with codependency at all which many people don't know what that really means exactly But if you are familiar with it, you may think that it happens within a romantic relationship and that is fault. Well, okay, it does happen within a romantic relationship, but not only within a romantic relationship and the romantic relationship and a lot of the other symptoms we're going to talk about together today are just symptoms of a deeper problem. The deeper problem happens in you, inside of you in a very painful and real, real way. And the pain of codependency can happen outside of many of the, the symptoms uh, because it comes from inside of you. So I'm getting ahead of myself here. Let me just tell you what we're for sure going to talk about today. And honestly, we may have to break this into multiple uh, episodes and that's totally fine. But what I want for sure get to for sure get to today is we're going to talk about what is codependency, what, you know, what do people think that it is and what the stereotype of what it is versus what it actually is. We're going to talk about some signs that you can quickly run through to see if you feel like you resonate with any of them to determine if you feel like you're codependent. That can be helpful in the beginning. And so we're going to go through a few of those right here at the beginning, just a minute. And we're going to talk a little bit about codependency, how it happens, where it comes from, why it happens, And what you can do when you uncover that you're codependent in order to start healing from it. And I'm going to talk a little in this episode about some stories from my own experience with uh, understanding my own codependency and healing my own codependency. But I think I'm going to do a separate podcast with my full story of codependency because it's going to take a while. Um, But I will have some stories and some examples for you throughout today's episode. So you can kind of see that in action because it can be codependency is known by those who understand it to be very insidious. It's very under the surface and that's why it gets missed by many therapists. So therapists can help with codependency, but what's going to help is if you bring your therapist your um your understanding of codependency and guide them and they can help you better with that which is i mean actually i don't feel it should be that way my my experience has been that many therapists are not familiar with uh many symptoms of codependency outside of romantic relationships And I expect that will be changing in the next few decades because of how codependency has already evolved in terms of our understanding of it in just the last 30 or 40 years. So let's go ahead and dive in here. So what is codependency? Codependency, in a nutshell, is a missing sense of self. It is a hole in your heart where your sense of self should be. Codependency always comes from childhood trauma. It always comes from trauma. And many people recognize themselves in the signs that I'm about to read about codependency, but they say, well, you know, I didn't experience any childhood trauma. So if you see yourself in many of these, and I'll preface it a little bit too, but if you see yourself in many or most of these or strongly in many of these, then you are likely codependent and there are likely parts of your childhood that were not healthy. But you may not know that because we only saw our own childhood. And so we don't know what a healthy childhood looks like. We believe that our childhood was healthy, particularly if you did not experience physical or sexual abuse if you did not experience overt neglect the kind of neglect that would cause teachers to call a uh, department of human services okay um so that could be not learning um not being taught hygiene not being taught how to handle your emotions not feeling like your emotions were okay in your home There's a lot of different aspects of nurturing that have been ignored because they don't come up overtly. And I'm so glad that this is coming into the conversation, the global conversation about trauma, because we're coming to understand that some of these forms of trauma that would never, that on the surface, a family looks normal and looks healthy and looks okay. Everything looks perfect. That under the surface even outside of the realm of of physical, sexual, or over emotional abuse, by which I mean over emotional abuse, I mean, you know, your parent telling you that you're, you're never going to amount to anything, that you're useless, that you're a piece of crap. Like you may not have experienced that kind of over emotional abuse, but there's other kinds of emotional abuse and neglect that cause this hole in our hearts. And What happens is when we have that hole in our hearts, we will use anything and everything we can, except what should be there, to fill that hole. We will, and a lot of people use relationships to fill that hole. And that's where this stereotypical aspect of codependency comes from. And that stereotype comes about is about narcissists and empaths you may have heard about that kind of dichotomy of narcissists and empaths Um, abused and abuser so the empath is the abused the person who lacks the understanding and puts themselves in a situation to be abused by someone who is a narcissist or sociopath and so many people because of that stereotype and in that stereotype, there may be a lot of physical abuse, like domestic violence, sexual abuse, gaslighting. All of these terms kind of come are, are kind of come into play with this narcissist empath thing, and that happens. That's a very real thing that happens all the time, and it is not the only manifestation of codependency. Because the real problem of codependency is that lack of sense of self. All these other things are symptoms of the problem. So let me just dive into a few signs of codependency that I wrote down. I gathered these from um, an article on Psych Central and from my own brain and understanding of codependency. One tricky aspect of codependency is that there are a lot of different um, signs and they can be in opposition to each other. So... One example of that would be controlling and avoiding. So someone who is highly controlling of other people and even themselves, very rigid and controlling of everything around them versus avoidance, which would mean not caring anything about themselves, not caring anything about their environment or anything or anyone around them, be just avoiding all all reality that is both of those are signs of codependency but they're complete opposites of each other and so this causes a lot of confusion but let me dive into a few handful that i wrote down and so you can see if you identify with several of these and if you identify strongly with with several of these so the first one i wrote down is deep-seated need for approval of others we all want the approval of others like our family our parents our partner our friends the general public whatever but when this need for approval causes us to avoid doing what's right for us um, and it causes us to actually do what the other person wants instead of what makes us happy or when this deep-seated need for approval causes us a good deal of grief then that's what I would call the deep-seated need for approval of others almost an obsession with an approval with the approval of others but also putting the approval of others before our own well-being okay that was said way more concisely than what i just said so one deep-seated need for the approval of others second one a habit of taking on more than you can realistically handle both to earn praise or lighten a loved one's burden so to me it doesn't really matter why you are taking on more than you can realistically handle but those are the big reasons why and many of you hearing this you may think oh my gosh that's me because we talk a lot on the show about burnout about n- not having boundaries and why we do that is because is to get that approval of others because we put other people's view of us over Us tuning into ourselves and feeling, how do I feel about this? How is my body feeling? Do I need a break? Can I handle all of this? Um, Rather than looking at external approval or looking so much at other people. And let's keep going because these all kind of tie in with each other. Three, a tendency to take on blame in order to keep the peace. So you might say, oh, you know what? It's my fault. Don't worry about it. It's my fault. So that is a sign of codependency as well. You might think that, oh, I think that's the right thing to do. If so, write this one down as a sign that applies to you because what happens is we're willing to basically sacrifice our sense of self because we have no sense of self or no true sense of self as a codependent. And that's why we're so willing to sacrifice in these ways and take on blame. Four, Mood is very affected by the moods of others around you. So you may also find, and I've encountered that in a group, one time in a group therapy session um, I was in, a woman said, oh yeah, me and my husband, like we always just pick up on each other's moods. We're just very in sync like that. And the therapist said, that's not a healthy way to relate in relationship. That's actually a sign of codependency. So you might think, well, of course, if someone in the house is angry or mad, and it's going to affect everybody else around them. Yes, that's true. But how? where is your internal boundary? How can you say, I can tell this person is upset, but I have a personal auto- autonomous choice of whether I'm going to be upset. Because my moods and my... Emotions are not controlled by other people around me. They are in my control. Number five, guilt or anxiety, doing something for yourself. I know many people can relate with this. But if you really struggle to do things for yourself to the point where you really struggle to spend money on yourself, you really struggle to spend time on yourself, to spend time away from your family, away from your kids, to spend, I mean, like I'm talking doing what you need Your self-care, doing what lights you up, doing what's right for you. Um, If that causes guilt or anxiety, write that one down as a sign. Six, overwhelming fear of rejection or abandonment. Will you do anything to avoid being rejected or abandoned, including staying in a relationship that isn't right for you or including doing things that are not maybe at work or somewhere where that's not... uh, you don't feel is morally right. It's not aligned with your values, but you're so afraid of that abandonment or rejection. Maybe with friend groups that you you are willing to do those things anyway because you're so afraid of the rejection or abandonment. Seven, doing things you don't want to do to make others happy. Kind of similar to some we've talked about here. Eight, getting into relationships where you expect your partner to fulfill or meet your every need. This is also, I consider, more a stereotypical and typical, common, and real sign of codependency, which is getting into relationships, yeah, feeling like your partner is going to fulfill you. And I lived most of my life in this state. Um, I feel like even when I was a teenager, when I was in my 20s, I was pretty unhappy when I was single, but I knew that one day I would be in a relationship and that relationship would fulfill me. All I had to do was find the right person to be with. And what this looks like when you're in a relationship is causing a lot of issues because you expect, for example, your partner to know what you need before you ask for it. You expect your partner to be able to ease all of your fears and all of your anxiety. You expect yourself to not be depressed if you're in a relationship. And that if you are depressed when you're in a relationship, then it's the, it's the partner's fault. And I experienced a lot of this in most of my relationships. Up until I started healing my codependency, I felt like it was my partner's job to make me happy because that was my understanding of love. And I knew that I sure as hell didn't feel okay by myself. And so I figured, I mean, 90% of songs that you hear on the radio are used to, I don't even know what's on the radio these days, but used to 90% of the songs was all about love. And so, and every movie was all about love. And so it made sense to me, you know, love is all you need, you know, all of those messages. And so it made sense to me that it's like, oh, well, that's why I'm unhappy because I need to be in a relationship and that person will take care of me. It doesn't mean you don't get cared for in relationships, but the person responsible primarily for taking care of you is you. And codependency robs us of that gift and that empowerment. So number nine, low self-esteem. And many people, including myself, uh, may compensate. This is how I used to do it before I started learning to heal from codependency is I was outwardly extremely confident, but that was a front to cover my low sense of worth and self-esteem and that hole that was in my heart. The confidence was to not let people see that hole in my heart and so that comes back to we're going to talk about it multiple times in this episode of that dichotomy so is a person have low self-esteem or really high self-esteem well kind of both actually it's 100 it's low self-esteem but a person may come off as very confident in an effort to hide that low self-esteem Number 10, tendency toward denial or avoidance. So denial is a very common symptom of codependency. And for codependent people, this started in childhood because there were things going on in in their home, whether they realized it or not, and usually they did not, that they had to deny in order to stay alive. And I don't mean that they may physically die, but I mean, I think they, maybe they would, but what happens in a home where there's trauma, where you do not have the physical, emotional, spiritual nurturing that you need, where you're not able to be yourself, where you're not able to express your feelings, or if you express your feelings, someone tells you that you don't feel that way because it's not because they're not able to handle it then that creates a habit of denial and we do that as a survival mechanism when we're experiencing childhood trauma denial it helps us to feel safe when we're actually not in a safe situation because otherwise we would not be able to emotionally handle the feeling of danger and lack of safety that's around us and so we use the tool of denial growing up in in a, an ex, a traumatic experience and as adults we come to use that tool when things are beyond our ability to cope and let me give you an example of that from my own life so one time maybe 7 years ago i was living in an apartment an old apartment and my it was very hot it was the summer and my air conditioning was not working well. It was not able to keep up with the heat, and it became about eighty-five degrees in my apartment. And my boyfriend, my husband now, my boyfriend at the time, was telling me, "Anna, your air conditioner is broken. You need to call your uh, you need to call your landlord and have them fix the air conditioner." And I said, "No, it's not broken." It's not broken. It's just struggling to keep up with the, it's gonna catch up, it's gonna catch up. It's all right, it'll catch up. And then when it catches up, it'll be fine. And he said, no, it's you need to call. And I was so in denial about it. And so if you have instances that you can see in your adult life where you were denying an issue that was in front of you, then that may be a tendency toward denial Or difficulty accepting when something is not an outcome that you want. You have a really hard time accepting it. You take a long time to accept it. That is a sign of codependency. A tendency toward being controlling. So what we do in codependency is we are not feeling okay inside. Because we don't. We have that hole in our hearts. Remember, always remember that hole in the heart. And that doesn't mean it's permanent we can learn to fill that hole in our heart with through codependency healing. Um, so it doesn't have to be forever, but if you are not actively in the process of healing and recovering from codependency, that hole will remain there and you will look to other things outside yourself to fill that hole. And so going back to this tendency toward being controlling, that's us not feeling okay inside. And so we think, oh my gosh, i if I just, let me just get everything just so. Let me get everything just right. Let me get the house perfect. Let me get my life perfect. Let me get my my work assignment perfect. Let me get everything controlled. Let me control these people around me. If only they weren't doing that, I would feel better. If only they weren't doing this, I'd feel better. That's the tendency toward being controlling. Controlling things outside of yourself that are outside of your ability to control. And the reason we do that is because of that hole in our hearts little do we know that no amount of controlling is going to fill that hole. No amount of controlling is going to heal our, our codependency, but there are ways to heal. A couple more for you over on other people and little to no focus on self. So going back to, it's very similar to this controlling, it's over focusing on other people because when we focus on ourselves, we feel very uncomfortable because what we're left with is that hole in our hearts and I remember one time I was explaining I was working with a life coach several years ago and I was explaining that my heart felt like a house with nothing in it the rooms were empty and the place was kind of trashed kind of like if you bought a house and it was kind of like not in great shape kind of falling apart a little bit but mostly just empty no character no life to it nothing in it and I told my coach at the time that that was how I felt and I told her in order to change the way my heart felt I needed to spend time in that empty space and then I needed to start fixing up the place little by little. So what we do instead with this overfocus on other people is we we don't want to be in that empty house. There's no furniture. There's no bed. It's not comfortable. The windows are dirty. You can't see out of it. There's no chair. There's nowhere to sit down. It's not a comfortable place to be. You don't want to be there. And therefore... You overfocus on other people because you don't feel you can gain what you need from yourself. And so, overfocusing on other people. And the tw- 13th thing here, and the last thing on my list, although this is not a comprehensive list, is uh, extensive concern for other people's habits or behaviors, controlling other people's behaviors, um, being very Maybe agitated by other people's habits, being very quick to give other people advice on how, um, what they should do or what they shouldn't do. Um, Many codependent people express saying that they feel they know exactly what everybody else needs to do with their life and what they need to do, what the right thing is to do, but they don't know what to do with their own life. That house is empty. So, if you identified with any of those, um, especially strongly, then there is room for healing and codependency. I would definitely say if you identified with half of those, five or six of those, or more, then definitely codependency is something for you to look into and help and start to heal from. And you may be thinking when you hear this, you're like, "Oh my gosh, Anna." if this is what codependency is, everyone's codependent. Okay. So I have an answer for you on this. Is everyone codependent? The answer is no, but many people are codependent. I would actually say more than half of people, maybe even 70 plus percent of people are codependent. And you can think be like, how, if that, if that many people are codependent, how is it even an issue? Well, let me ask you if it's an issue in your life that's all that really matters you know what matters is are you in pain because of codependency and i don't care if 99 of the world has it okay then let's get to healing because i don't want anyone to suffer i know intimately the pain of codependency and i want ever i want the word to get out about codependency so more and more people can heal and the reason why so many people I I feel are codependent is because let me ask you this did you grow up in a family where your emotions were welcome no matter what they were were you taught how to calm yourself down and support yourself when you're upset did your parents know how to do that for themselves and therefore they could teach you Were you taught healthy autonomy, that you were entitled to your own feelings, even when those feelings triggered others? Were you taught how to set healthy boundaries, where this is where I end and this is where someone else begins? And I want to ask you how many people you know who grew up in a home like that? Parenting is changing, um, and for the better, but, um... The traditional ways of parenting did not allow for a lot of these healthy ways of being, and that's why we see so many people um, with traits of codependency and who have that hole in their heart. And when a parent grows, when a, when a child experiences childhood trauma, grows up, becomes a parent, has children, if they don't know how to suit their emotions. If they have a hole in their heart that they have never reckoned with, then their child will have holes in their hearts too. They will continue with that generational trauma until someone heals it. And so that's why this is so pervasive. So few people grew up in a home that was healthy, although they may not realize that. And I'm not saying they grew up in a home where they weren't loved. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying if you, if you rec- see yourself in these signs of codependency, I'm not saying that your parents didn't love you very much. Um, there's all sorts of, of situations with codependency, but I am saying that your parents may, or your caregivers or important people in your life may, may not have known how to fill that hole in their own heart. And so they pass that hole onto you. So that's why it seems like everyone is codependent. You know what? Most people did not get the emotional nurturing that they needed growing up. A very small percentage of of people, in my opinion, grew up with the tools that they needed to live a healthy life and have healthy relationships. And that's why we see so much pain um, in this world, in this area. So now that we've kind of gone through some signs, I want to talk a little bit about um, other ways of how this kind of manifests in real life and why I feel like many therapists miss this. Um, Number one, it may not, as I said, play out in relationships. It may play out in work and output. You can be codependent and be exhibiting symptoms and behaviors of codependency without being in a romantic relationship and you could have those symptoms outside of you may do great in romantic relationships um, and not experience issues but you may have issues at work controlling other people um giving when we give our boss the power to define our value when we give our title our salary our annual review rating, the ability to assign our value as humans, we are being codependent because we are not filling that hole in our hearts. We're trying to fill that hole in our hearts with success, achievement, work, output. If I just make this amount of money, then I'll be worthy. If I just have this title, then I'll be worthy. When my boss approves of me, I'm worthy. When he or she doesn't, I need to bust my ass, work 12, 15, 16, 18 hours a day in, until I get to that point because I need that approval. So that's an example of codependency in a work setting outside of romantic relationships. Um, lack of boundaries. So I went to a therapist in 2019 due to issues at work and I feel that now looking back I've recognized this as codependency. My therapist did not recognize it as codependency and that's okay. Um therapists, she's not living in my brain. So she can't, you know, she doesn't have the full picture always. And you know, so it's okay. I don't I don't blame her, but I do recognize that many therapists lack the deep understanding of codependency that I believe is required to help people heal. And so I went to work, to therapy, complaining of issues at work. And what I see now was that I was giving my boss the power to define my value. I was upset because my boss was not approving of me. And that was upsetting me because I needed that approval And the antidote to that was understanding that my value and my worth and my sense of okayness can come outside of my boss approving of me. Additionally, I felt that I was doing work that I should not have been doing. And I was doing it because I was not listening to my intuition. I was not listening to what my heart was trying to tell me that this is not right for you. I wasn't sleeping well at night. I was having insomnia. I was having anxiety. And I was in the job because I said I'm gonna stay in this job at least a year. And it's kind of an arbitrary goal, but it was important to me at the time. But when our our extra, so that's again giving something outside of ourselves with it, which is a goal, giving that goal the power to define us instead of consulting ourselves and understanding what's right for us that's another example of us letting something outside of ourselves control us um, rather than us being empowered to do what's right for us and I think ultimately I should not have been at that job at all because it wasn't if I had set boundaries and said, I'm not willing to do X, Y, Z because it's not aligned for me. It's not, I don't think it's healthy for me. Um, then my boss probably would have been like, okay, boy, bye girl. Bye. Um, and I was not willing to set that boundary. Um, and that is an example of boundary setting boundaries are a big conversation in codependency, but, um, lack of boundaries is a sign of codependency as well. Um, So let's see, what else do we wanna say about codependency? I have a lot more to say about this. Um, I will say, if you do some reading about codependency, um, codependency came into the, uh, the arena of awareness for therapists as a disease of children of alcoholics. So you may read older literature if it's from the 80s or maybe even early 90s or earlier than that um, where they will say that codependency is for children of alcoholics and we now know that that's not true but children of so it is true children of alcoholics will likely be codependent but there are many many codependents who are not children of alcoholics. So what we later found, what therapists later understood was that codependency was a, was a manifestation of childhood trauma. It comes from childhood trauma. And of course, not only um, children of alcoholics are the ones who experience childhood trauma. So, that's just one type of person who experiences childhood trauma where their parents are alcoholics. Um, but not everyone who experienced childhood trauma, whose parents were neglectful, abusing, or, um, emotionally neglectful or whatever, not all of them had parents who were alcoholics. So just understand that when you start to look at some of this literature and you see that, well, my parents weren't alcoholics. Um, it doesn't mean that you... Codependency is not for children of alcoholics. It's for children who experience trauma. And yes, children who had parents who were alcoholics did experience trauma. You might wonder why. The reason why is because that parent has that hole in their heart, which they're trying to fill with alcohol. And that, that adult is so consumed with their own pain, their own emotional pain. And the chaos that comes with alcoholism... Dealing with DUI, dealing with getting home. How am I going to drive? I got friends who are in jail. I got friends who are in trouble. I got all the issues of it. Um, I got hangovers. I'm sick. I, I need to figure out where to get alcohol. All, if that's what's occupying your mind, then you're not raising your child. So that's why children of alcoholics, regardless, it doesn't mean that your parents don't, you know, parents don't love. They may love. But they're just not able, they have have so much pain that that takes up their entire focus. And so that's where the whole alcohol thing came from. Unfortunately, therapists are understanding now that that is not the only source of codependency and that many people outside of that experience codependency. So it's just something to be aware of. And it also kind of illustrates, I mean, that was in the 80s that people thought that. So, codependency I feel is a relatively something that's relatively newly understood, and you may even recognize a lot of those the things I'm talking about as traditional ways of parenting, and that's because codependency was honestly baked into the the global psyche in the ways that parents parented, um, and that's where all this ties together with gentle parenting and conscious parenting, which is I. Which is saying, I will not be a parent who refuses to tolerate my child's feelings because when I stifle their feelings and their emotions because it's not comfortable for me, then I am causing, I am causing their emotional growth to be stunted. So that's how all this ties together. So what else is there to say about codependency that I wanted to talk about? Um, Yeah, we talked about how moderation is a big challenge for codependents. We talked about how it's difficult for codependents to take care of themselves, focus on their own lives, their own problems. Many codependents are, are, are malnourished emotionally, creatively, spiritually. Because they are so compulsively focused on others. Um, Another thing that I briefly mentioned is one big symptom of codependency is addiction. Um, Codependents feel so much pain inside that they need to numb that with an addiction. And that addiction can be alcohol, which it was for me. Um, if this is your first time listening, you may not know that I'm seven years sober from alcohol. It could be drugs. It could mean It could mean relationship addiction. Okay, and so that's where the relationship thing comes in. Fixing other people, controlling other people, extreme focus on other people. That is relationship addiction or um, kind of addiction to other people. And that is a way. But addiction, addiction to being busy avoiding that empty room that i was talking about that that room when you tune into you you feel an empty room and so you need to focus on other people you need to be busy 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 you need to fill your calendar with stuff you need to work with no boundaries work 12 14 hours a day because when you're in a work addiction cycle you work 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 work, then you come home and you're so exhausted you can't be in that empty room you just pass out you're so tired And that was what happened to me when I stopped using alcohol to numb my feelings of codependency. I immediately started working all the time. I would work so hard and so long that when I got home, all I could do was just sit in front of the couch and numb out and just be like a zombie and then go to sleep and then do it all over again. And that is a very common way of avoiding that empty room, avoiding that childhood trauma. And so addiction, um, it could be shopping addiction, gambling addiction. It could be issues with food. I know many codependents who have issues with food, either binge eating, looking for that feeling of enough, trying to fill that empty hole with food or anorexia is um, or bulimia you know not not eating enough and that is trying to fill that empty hole with looking skinny enough looking good enough looking the ideal you have in your head looking perfect let me try to fill that hole with looking perfect Um, compulsions addictions and obsessions are very common among people who are codependent so you may wonder okay Anna I I'm resonating with a lot of what you're saying. So how do I heal codependency? So that is the question and it is a process. Okay. The first step is recognizing that you are codependent. Um, and from there, it's time to spend time in that empty room So what I recommend, I feel healing from codependency is the healing process that I talk about on this podcast, okay? When people talk about the healing journey, it's all one. Healing from trauma, healing from codependency, being on the healing journey in a more general, spiritual, esoteric sense, all of that is the same thing. It is coming back to you. It is filling that hole that's in your heart, And the process takes time. But let me give you some tips that you can use today. If you're interested in this, I highly recommend Let's Look Into Working Together. This is what I help my clients do. If you're looking for guidance, step-by-step guidance, and if you're looking for support on this journey, because having been on this journey for um, my whole life, but really my healing journey for seven years now, when I quit drinking alcohol... Um, I really consider that was the healing, the beginning of my healing journey. And, um, so it is a process and it takes time, but let me give you some tips and some, um, steps you can start taking today to begin to heal codependency. So the first thing to do is you need to come back to that empty house. You have to let go of your addictions And that's why I consider when I quit drinking the beginning of my healing journey, because I took that crutch away from myself for the sake of my own health and well-being. Um, I deliberately stopped drinking on purpose because I knew it was harming me. And so let go of your addictions. If you are working too much, set boundaries at work. You need to have time and space to sit with yourself. You need to give up the busy addiction. You need to give up the work addiction. You need to give up the substance addiction and you need to give up the focus on other people. All of that is keeping your focus away from yourself. You have to come down back to that empty room that is in your heart. And I know it's not comfortable. There's no chairs there. There's no bed there. There's not even proper air conditioning. Like it doesn't feel comfortable. But the only way to get that house beautiful and vibrant and alive again is to come back to that house and see where you're at. So how to do that? Let me talk in real terms how to do that. You've got to give up your addictions. You've got to start to learn to recognize when you are focused on other people and bring the attention back to you. In fact, if I had to say one thing for healing codependency, it would be this. Bring the attention back to you bring the attention back to you. You may have to do it a thousand times a day in the beginning, a hundred times a day, dozens of times a day. When you start obsessing and gossiping over what your coworker is doing and how they should be doing this and they should be doing that and I can't believe they're doing this and did you hear what Susie's doing and did you hear what happened to Timmy? If you are in cycles of drama and gossip, that is another way that codependents use to keep the attention off of themselves. But really you deserve that attention you you are starving for that attention from you you can heal that hole you can heal that emptiness by directing all that energy that's focused outside of yourself back onto you and it will feel uncomfortable at first because you're not used to that you didn't grow up watching adults put the focus on themselves and maybe the adults in your family did not encourage you to focus in on yourself. Tune in to what your intuition is saying. Ask yourself how you're feeling. Ask yourself what you're needing. Ask yourself what's what would really be nice. Ask yourself what you like, what you don't like. It's, it's basically coming back into a relationship with yourself. So that's coming back to that empty house, that empty room. And when you do, you may experience you will experience a lot of emotions and it's because you are coming back to recognizing i'm codependent i experienced childhood trauma i experienced a lot of pain in my life and in order to heal that pain you will need to feel it and so the problem is you have a backlog of pain because you've been so focused on things outside of yourself that you've not been present with yourself to feel it. And I say this with the utmost compassion, having been through this process before, I know what it feels like. And you may feel that if you let the pain come, that it will never stop, but that's not true. It will. It will. But there's a lot of it. And it's going to take a while. Um, Months months and months maybe, of feeling pain. But you have to do that to come back to this room. You have to come back to this empty room, look around you and see the pain of this room. See the emptiness of this room. Feel the emotions that come up. You may want to bypass that emotion and think that you can do this logically, but you can't. You have to feel the feelings in order for them to pass through you and be out of your system. You have to feel to heal. So what you're going to do, you're going to get rid of your addictions. You're going to stop focusing outside of yourself and begin to cultivate the habit. And it takes time of tuning into you, your needs, what you should do, not what others should do and not not noticing other people's pain while ignoring your own and not enabling other people, um, which is another stereotypical Symptom of codependency which is enabling other people to continue doing things that are not healthy for them or others for example enabling an alcoholic in your life enabling a drug addict in your life by giving them money by not turning them in by there's a lot of ways you can enable by covering up their issues by fixing their problems for them very stereotypical uh symptoms of codependency but not all codependent people um have that experience and so that's why I don't focus on those but anyway so you're going to come back to the empty house you're going to get rid of your addictions you're going to feel what you're feeling you're going to sit there with it you're going to let the feelings pass through you even if it takes months and months and months that's how you're cleansing that's how you're healing and if that means you spend a lot of time alone so be it if that means you clear your calendar of extracurriculars and social things and commitments for the time being, then so be it because you you are worth this. It's important for you to feel good. If no one ever told you that, I'm telling you that now. It matters. And you're going to purge this pain. It's going to be uncomfortable. But once you start to get on the other side of it, at the same time, when you purge this pain, it also kind of feels good. It's kind of like getting one of those deep tissue massages where they've got your, their like elbow in your back and it's like so uncomfortable, but they're working out a knot that's there that's been causing you so much discomfort. It's like that. It, the pain is there, but it feels good because you're finally addressing that pain that's been living in your body. So after that period, it doesn't mean you'll never experience pain again. You'll start to process your pain in a more healthy way, which means the pain comes in and you feel it at the time instead of letting it get backlogged, all right? So that's going to be your future experience with pain. But for right now, you've got to deal with this backlog of pain. Then you'll start to feel lighter. You'll start to feel better. And your next, that's like fixing the AC and like, clearing out the old gross carpet in that house but what and you see there's hard wood underneath and you're like okay and you're going to clean the window so you can start to see outside and you're going to fix the roof and fix the hole in the roof and fix the hole in the floor and you're just that's what the pain period is about from there you'll start to you're going to start to reclaim that relationship with yourself and start to be in touch with what you want Who you are, your likes, your dislikes. What kinds of self-care activities do you enjoy? What kinds of healthy pleasures do you enjoy? Do you enjoy baking? Do you enjoy rock climbing? What about hiking? What about beaches? What about knitting, playing music? Maybe you want to join a band. Maybe you want to join a nonprofit. Maybe you want to volunteer. Maybe you love reading. Maybe you love reading science fiction. I mean, this is what it comes. You're going to start slowly, gradually decorating that house with things that are you. And you do that. That will be it. You won't have to do anything in order for that to happen. Continue on the healing journey, which sounds vague. But as you're on the journey, the next step will be given to you. The tools you need, the resources, the people, even this podcast that you're listening now was given to you on your healing journey. It was not an accident. You got here for a reason so you could hear this. So you don't need to see the journey all laid out in front of you, all 100 steps. Just what is the next step? What is the next thing to do? And that will be given to you. So don't worry. That will be given to you. You will come to know what that is when the time comes. And so you won't have to try to find yourself. Continue being in touch with you. Continue continue staying away from those addictions, compulsions, obsessions. Um, continue keeping the focus on you. Keep the focus on you. What do I need right now? Do I need water? Do I need to go to the doctor? When was the last time I had a dental, Uh, I went to the dentist for a checkup? How are my teeth? Maybe I need to get those labs done to check on my kidney and liver function. My doctor recommended that. I never did it. Am I taking my medicine? Um, Just literally taking care of yourself will feel like a full-time job at first. And it is time consuming to take care of oneself correctly. Um, This is your number one purpose in life. And especially in your early time of healing codependency, this will be your number one purpose in life, is taking care of you. So keep taking care of you, and then naturally the real you will start flowing out, and you'll think, oh, this is a nice candle. I'd like to put this in my house. That actually happened to me. So um, that you, you know, maybe your metaphorical house, yes. But this happened to me during a time of, of healing and blossoming, several years ago because the healing process never stops Um, and there's times when I'm I'm, I've been more in touch with myself than others in the past and I'm always it's a meditation, it's a practice for me to keep bringing the focus back to myself because we can put we learned to focus outside of ourselves that was how we were raised so it will always be a challenge to to do that so It will be a full-time practice to just keep coming back to me. Oh, this person's agitating me so much at work. If only they just did. Oh, hold on. Let me bring it back to me. What can I do at work right now? What should I do? Do I need to set better boundaries? What's right for me? How am I feeling? Bring it back to you. So bring it back to you and you will start to decorate your metaphorical house in your heart. And you will start to slowly fill that hole. With you, the only sustainable way you can fill it, the only way you can fill it is from you. Other things might satisfy for a minute. A relationship for for a, a, a day, a week, a month, a year might feel like it can fill that hole, but it can't. It can't. Only you can fill that hole. The other person's not meant to fill it. And relationships are a beautiful thing. I value my, my marriage and my other relationships in my life, but those add value to my already completeness. They do not make me complete. They do not make me whole. I make me whole. So that is a rundown of codependency. Um, I hope this was helpful for you. This is obviously a topic I'm very passionate about, so I expect to be talking about it again. And I'd love to also tell you the full story of how I came to understand that I was codependent and how I started healing on the path of codependency healing and recovery. So uh, in the meantime, please, if you are looking for support on this journey of codependency healing, I would be honored to help. I have been on this journey. I know what the signs look like. I have been down this path. And that's how I know so well what it feels like. I know the pain that you may be feeling if you're identifying with what we're talking about today. And it's because I've been there. I know. And I would love to help walk you through this because as I've experienced, unfortunately, I found that not all therapists have a deep understanding of codependency. It may not be their specialty, um, or they may be looking for signs that are not signs that pertain to you. And, you know, that's all right, but I want I I want everyone to experience healing and recovery from codependency because I know that pain so well. And I know that recovery and healing is possible because I'm a living example of it. So please, please get in touch if you are looking for support on your journey. Um, I hope this information has been helpful for you and has given you a great place to start if you are looking for that. And I look forward to seeing you guys next time. I'm so glad you joined me today. If this episode resonated with you and you'd like to help more people find this content, I would love it if you'd consider leaving a review. Take care always, and I'll see you next time.